1: This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by A Heating and Air. Their premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? A Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the best, then they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to $100,000 plus a year at AAA Heating & Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years' experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air
0: when you need us. Triple A heating and air. The home of the Gamecocks. 1075 The Game. WNKTFM Eastover, Columbia. A Cumulus Media Station. It's the, the Geek Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded
1: by Firemen. With Chris Clark. The 2007 South Carolina class was, at that time, sixth in the country and fourth in the SEC. It's is amazing. West Mitchell. You know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're, you're aiming it to at least be at 50%. Then in theory, you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete.
2: And Tyler Head. has been a great week for South Carolina. On the recruiting front, still certainly plenty to talk about. On the home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. You have been selected as the first astronaut to explore the planet numbers. And welcome to the Gamecocks Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Here at 107.5 The Game, Tyler Head and Chris Clark along with you on this Thursday morning. Great to see the fu- the sun finally shining a little bit. Uh, nice little bit of rain that came through last night. Classic summer, I guess. Um, thanks again to Olivia Thompson for joining us for the Garnet Trust Hour. Fun interview. Yeah. I knew it would be. I've, I've listened to her on the uh, early game with, with Bill and Preston. she got a good good presence behind the microphone and uh gave us gave us a lot of good insight in that hour
1: yeah she's olivia's a pro and um once again tyler this has happened several times i have a list remaining left over of questions that we didn't even get to uh for olivia which is fine that's a good problem to have but sure. she uh she did a great job and it's pretty cool that you know she's gonna she's here working she's from lexington originally she's at least in the short term and maybe even for the long term, she's going to be around. So um, I know she'll be going by practices and things like that this year. She's still going to follow the program closely. She still knows a lot of the players on the team having been, you know, in games, in practices with them. And so I think she'll be able to give us some insight for, a long time to come now, which is
2: pretty cool. No, absolutely, and it's cool to have somebody that's had those experiences at such a high level with the South Carolina women's basketball team to be around in the community. And I live in Lexington, and you know what? That's really cool. Um, you know that she's out there, and obviously it's where she grew up, and uh, she's still going to be out there, like you said, at least for the foreseeable future.
1: Yep, she is. She'll be around. Um, Khadijah Sessions, by the way, um, that was some news that we got into with Olivia last hour. If you're just tuning in here on the Takeover Hour. Khadijah Sessions, former point guard here at South Carolina for Don Saley, is joining the coaching staff. And so uh, there's some new legislation uh, that was passed that was made, uh, I believe it was made uh, live on July 1st, so to speak, and you're now able to add up to two more assistant coaches to your roster. Those coaches don't go out on the road recruiting. They can just work with players in practice settings. And so Khadijah Sessions is someone that, Dawn Staley's brought on. Olivia loved the hire. Um, you know, she actually worked with Khadija Sessions. Khadija did some personal training here in Columbia with some high school basketball players, and so she did that actually with Olivia. Um, great personality, um, knowledgeable about the game, has that point guard background that Dawn Staley seems to kind of gravitate towards because of her own playing career, her own playing days as a guard. Um, so I, I think it's a really good hire because you're bringing somebody in who's a Gamecock um, who has passion for the university, somebody who knows
2: Dawn Staley and her methods and who knows this program. Yep, and uh, her being hired as part of that legislation is also what allowed baseball to add their extra paid assistant as well, and that obviously went into effect on July 1st. And uh, you were telling me in the break there, this literally coming out just a few short minutes ago from several different publications, but we now know where Billy Amick is going to play college baseball going forward. Unfortunately, it's not for the University of South Carolina. He is going to be a Tennessee volunteer. I know a lot of people are very excited at the possibility of him, like several of the guys from last season, making the jump from Clemson to South Carolina, but he is uh, going to be a Vol.
1: Yep, yep. Billy Amick just, uh, shoot, that was probably in the last 15 to 30 minutes, tweeting out that he's going to be joining the Tennessee volunteers. And this one was an interesting one. Um, Amick has some family ties that are pretty deep to Clemson. Um, obviously, Monty Lee recruited him to Clemson, and so there's there's a tie there that's pretty strong. Those guys have a good relationship, and so I know it caught a lot of people off guard up in Clemson when Billy Amick entered the portal. Um, you know, Monty Lee and uh, and Eric Bakich have, you know, just different types of philosophies, just like you would expect. I mean, here when you're going from uh from a football standpoint, when you're going from, you know, Shane Beamer, you know, Will Muschamp to Shane Beamer, there's gonna be things that they do differently, right? Um when you go from Chad Holbrook to Mark Kingston, when you go to Ray Tanner from Ray Tanner to Chad Holbrook, there's gonna be differing things. And so that seemed to be kind of the impetus for, for Billy Amick leaving, just wanted something different despite the success he had, despite the success that Clemson had. And South Carolina was immediately a program that Jumped into the fray with him and looked for at differing times to have a good shot. I know um, here in the last few days, Colin Taylor, I know talked with you about this, Tyler. The last few days, it seemed to really shift in earnest a little bit more to Tennessee, and so um, good pickup for the Vols for sure. Um, For South Carolina, you know you would have loved to add one of two pieces at as a potential third baseman. Or just in general, in either Colby Shelton from Alabama, who is uh, transferring to Florida, or Amick. When Shelton ended up committing to Florida, it kind of put the it kind of put the microscope um, put put Billy Amick under the microscope a little bit more because you felt like okay, th- this will be the guy for South Carolina. But again, shifted at least in the last few days, maybe before. You would have to think. Tyler, that at least part of this is, let's be frank about it, it's kind of a, a little bit of a weird deal if you transfer from Clemson to South Carolina or, we, or, or vice versa. We've, we've seen, seen it
2: happen. We've seen it. It's not uncommon.
1: It, we've seen Dylan Brewer and Jonathan French do it. There were actually a couple football players a while back when Will Muschamp was at the helm of the South Carolina program. Uh, Josh Belk, who was a defensive tackle a former highly ranked guy, transferred from Clemson to South Carolina, um, didn't really end up working out. Not, didn't really do much. And then Caleb Chalmers, who was a DB, also did the same. Uh, Brewer and French played roles last season, right? But there was some backlash, you know, for whatever that's worth, on social media. But again, Amex Scott obviously he played for Clemson. Uh, my understanding is there's some family ties to Clemson. How much did? that way in versus pure baseball reasons versus whatever else went into it. Colin would know a lot more than me, but um, it, it is a, a loss. It is a blow because um, South Carolina's had some really good pickups in the portal, uh, but you would have loved, again, I think at the end of the day and you're looking back on this, you would have loved to to add either Amick or Colby Shelton sure. to the roster. Now they'll be playing for other SEC East teams as it turns out.
2: I uh, I just... Came across this realization skimming Amick's profile on Clemson's website. His dad is actually a former race car driver. I never made that connection. Yes, I was going to bring that up to you. Yes, Lyndon Amick, his father. So you're familiar. Oh, I'm familiar, yes. Gosh, of course you are. Yes, I am. What, what races did he win and when? Uh, so he didn't win any <laughs> races at the NASCAR level. His actual last race was uh, Talladega in 2003. Got involved in a really big wreck Ooh. early on in that race. And that was kind of the moment that he realized, like, why am I still doing this? Uh, Lynn, or um Billy had actually been born the year before, I believe in November, so he was very, very young, and you know he kind of took a look at the dangers of the sport and uh, also took into account things that were going on with uh the war at that time, and uh, hung up his helmet and enlisted after that.
1: Let me take this opportunity, Tyler, to quiz you okay I, I've decided that this is going to be a new segment. All I right. don't know if we're going to do it. Uh, we may not do it daily, but we've we've probably got to work it in at least once a week. Sure. So we're going to get, um, we need to get a sounder for it. Like, this is going to be an official thing. If anybody wants to sponsor this, yes. feel free. Let, let us know. Uh, this will be a test run, though. All right, all right. We're going to have, we're going to, and to break it down, we're going to do one for racing, okay. which is one area of your extreme expertise, and sure. then we'll have another for wrestling, okay. professional wrestling. Yes. We might mix in some sports, too, some that's other fine. sports, you know, that's, some that's football, um
2: two thousand and twelve, yes, Bojangles southern five hundred yes in Darlington, yes, who Ji- won jimmy Johnson that, that was, was hindri- that was Hendrick motorsport's two hundredth win, actually
1: all I said was two thousand and twelve and you immediately knew I was going to Darlington and you immediately knew Jimmy Johnson, <laughs> well, when you said very impressive I,
2: it, that's the depth of my knowledge when you said <laughs> Bojangles, I already knew what race you were talking about yes, sure. I can tell you who sponsored races from. 10 to 20 years ago. It can it can get that specific, but yes, Jimmy Johnson won 2012, Bojango Southern 500, 200th Blend Motorsports. Big day. That was a historic one that I picked out, and I picked it out at total,
1: total random. random. I knew absolutely nothing about it. Can you also tell us which sponsor logos decals were on Jimmy Johnson's car? Oh, Lowe's. Well, all of them. We well, won't go there. That all was, of them? Yeah, all, all the logos. You know how they have the little mini Yeah, hunts? yeah, yeah. yeah. No, um, no, you don't have to I, do that. I mean, I, I, I probably,
2: say. I probably could give you a decent amount of them, <laughs> you but probably. Could that, Lowe, Lowe's was his longtime sponsor yes. uh, until the end of 2018. Yes, I remember that.
1: Um, all right, how do we even get to
2: that? Anyway, that's going to be our new. That's going to be okay, our new I'm segment. Good, I'm good with that. I, I, I like, I like my knowledge being tested. Yes, you. Because I, I think I, you're undefeated so I, far. I, I don't get the opportunity to flex that as much on here mm-hmm. because we do focus on the stick and ball sports, obviously. But <laughs> anytime I can Talk about those things. I enjoy it.
1: Do you feel as comfortable with stick and ball sports trivia? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, we'll mix it in. Okay. Three times a week, um, we'll do one wrestling, one stick and ball sport, and one NASCAR. I'm good with that. um, We got to come up with a name for it and we need a sounder or music or something. Um, I was trying to think of this actually the other day. We can't do like a, there's not like an alliteration I can think of. Maybe. Oh, actually, uh, Testing Tyler. Yeah, Because I was trying to do like a Stump the Schwab or something sure, sure. type of thing.
2: Yeah, that works. We will figure something out. Test Tyler's knowledge. I can, I can, I can find the sound sounder myself. Yeah, can you come do up that. With something. you and I get the producer if, anyway. Anybody, I wouldn't know what to do with it. If anybody wants to sponsor, just reach out to Cumulus Media here in Columbia. <laughs> we can work something out. Exactly. Won't complain about that. But uh, yes, yeah, so again, all, this whole ties back to Billy Amick. Uh, the sought after infield prospect from Clemson has committed to Tennessee going forward. So, a missed opportunity there for South Carolina. But but you look at what South Carolina has brought in from the portal class so far, and they've done a pretty good job mm. of loading up their roster and bringing in a lot of guys. And you see the common thread with guys from North Florida, guys from Charlotte. You know, teams that Vanderbilt, um, as well with Parker Nolan um, nor- or Nor. Norlander. Nolan is right. Nolan, okay, sorry. I'm thinking about something else. Um, But anyway, these guys that they've obviously seen playing against them head-to-head, and again, when you look at a North Florida, when you look at a Charlotte, they may not jump off the page to you as, yeah, we want to get some guys from that team, but when you see them up close, when Coach Kingston and staff can examine their nuances of how they play the game, there are things they like about them, and when you get the opportunity to get them and bring them in, they do that.
1: Yeah, well, and look at, I mean, two of the more impactful transfers in the country last year, uh, Were there are a bunch of them. But two of them that you can immediately think of, they're from Southern Miss, who's been a, a very good baseball program, right? They were really good last season even. Sure. Will McGillis from the Gamecocks. Think about what a Gamecocks team with a healthy Will McGillis all year could have done. And then the Florida pitcher yep. who shut down South Carolina in the Super Regional I mean, he, he made a case for being one of the best guys in Waldrop. the country. Yeah, Hurston Waldrup. Yep. He was incredible. Both those guys came from Southern Miss. Now, that's, you know, obviously a step up from, say, North Florida, right? But it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about yesterday with football recruiting is if you build an entire team off of North Florida or UNCG, you will get a North Florida UNCG roster. Yes. But those guys are going to have really good players, and sometimes they're going to have players that can step up to this level and do extremely well for themselves. And so um, you like the class that they've put together. Um, Would you have liked or loved, rather, to, to add um, you know, a, a third base piece in, in Billy Amick or in Colby Shelton? Absolutely. Uh, but they've added some key pieces in terms of defensively, the bat. You think about the outfield; um, they're getting some some proven production on the offensive side of the ball and in the outfield defensively. Now, and, and I'm really leaning on Colin here, just following what he's been reporting and, and listening to him. You know, the pitching they've added some arms, but that has to be more the focus now down the stretch for this team.
2: Sure. Uh Speaking of recruiting, we talked a little bit yesterday about Dylan Stewart and his latest RPM numbers. Uh Dive into a few more other prospects and what the RPM says about them and potentially getting them as Gamecocks here in the near future. We'll hit that next. You're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5 The Game.
1: Yesterday, Tyler, uh broke the news here that the triple stack from Firehouse Subs is soon going away. So go get it if you have not had it. But there's some more exciting news after that. Firehouse Subs on Twitter has let us all know that a fan favorite is returning on July 10th. So in just four short days. And they've given us a hint. Paper, run, knee, Pete's, M, M heat Bullsib this is on this Firehouse is on Twitter. Subs Twitter yeah Hold Firehouse on. Subs Twitter now I didn't do the best job of reading it but if you go read it out loud you might configure it out and I think it has something to do with pepperoni and I think it has something to do with meatballs so Wes Mitchell who's not with us today is going to be very excited to me that sounds like the pepperoni meatball is coming back on July 10th super excited about it not here yet but just file that away for now Sub of the day, Thursdays at Firehouse Subs, all 14 Midlands locations, the spicy Cajun chicken. Go check it out. $7.99 for a medium, 5.99 dollars for a small. Go get that today. Go get the sub of the day tomorrow also. I'll tell you what that one is tomorrow. And then just wait for next week as well, July 10th, another specialty fan favorite sub coming back. All 14 Midlands Firehouse Subs, firehousesubs.com rapid rescue or download the Firehouse Subs app
2: reading it makes a lot more sense than when you read it aloud a second ago. I did a, a terrible ago. job of reading I, it. I, I, I get what you're getting at now. Yeah. so You gotta go read it. Yeah, at Firehouse
1: Subs on Twitter if you'd like to take your own stab at it.
2: Absolutely. Talk some recruiting coming up next. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock
0: Central Takeover Hour.
2: Presented by Firehouse Subs,
0: founded by Firemen, with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the GameCock, 107.5 The
2: Game. Welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler and Chris along with you on this Thursday. Wes will be back in the beginning of next week as he returns from his vacation. Spent a lot of time yesterday talking about Dylan Stewart, five-star edge prospect, out of the DMV area and the latest happenings with his RPM ratings. And, and this is obviously uh, an algorithm that takes into account a lot of different factors. And a number that can kind of fluctuate um, uh, quite a bit over the course of time. And, and his most recently was leaning a little bit more towards Ohio State. And we talked about it yesterday. Um, a couple more guys that are we're waiting to hear commitments from. Um, with their ranking, with their ratings that you guys touched on on GamecockCentral.com. dot uh, com, you have Keelan Adams, the wide receiver out of Virginia Beach, sitting at about sixty five percent. Still waiting on that official visit from him. Two guys that were recently on campus and Daniel Hill and Jonathan Payler, both sitting at around sixty percent themselves. Again, of course, these are in favor of. South Carolina, so you obviously feel good about those guys, but as I mentioned, these numbers do have the ability to, to change suddenly at times. They do, and
1: as you pointed out, this is an algorithm, a proprietary algorithm, if we want to sound fancy, Tyler. Um, that factors in a lot of different things. Now, one thing we know is it's going to weigh the human element pretty strong. So, uh, for instance, if Wes Mitchell um, puts in a prediction for a certain prospect, Um, that's going to be weighed more heavily than even like a visit pattern or something of that nature. Um, And there's even out-of-network predictions. So if somebody from another recruiting network on one of their prediction tools uh, makes a prediction, it's going to kind of scrape that, pull that in off the Internet, and it's going to factor it in too. So um, I know we talked a lot about Dylan Stewart, I think, just one thing I'll say about that before we move on to these others that you asked about Tyler. I do think South Carolina's chances still underrepresented for Dylan Stewart. They've been the on three RPM leader at times. A little bit of the sentiments flipped Ohio State. a couple out of network predictions. so that's for Ohio State, and so that's why that one is where it's at. But yeah, some key targets. so let's go through them one by one. Keelan Adams. These are all key targets too. These are all important targets for South Carolina. Keelan Adams, the four-star receiver out of Virginia, on three industry ranking has him as the number 188 prospect in the country. And right now the RPM for him reads at 79.1% for South Carolina. That's really, Tyler, on the strength of a prediction from, from myself, actually. Um, I predicted Keelan Adams on June 2nd, coming right off an unofficial visit that he took to South Carolina, Um, As the leader, um, I predicted South Carolina, and so that's kind of driven that up lately. Um, Virginia Tech has made a run here. Interestingly, Adams visited Alabama officially uh, in June. He visited Virginia Tech most recently officially in June, and he has not used the one to South Carolina, as you pointed out. So Alabama was the one where we knew Adams wanted to visit uh, Alabama, but Just didn't expect that he would end up there. Um, I know Alabama's got a pretty crowded board at receiver. I think they like Adams. They obviously spent an official visit on him, so that shows something. But it's just never been expected he would go there. Virginia Tech's made a big run, and there's even been a little industry buzz about Virginia Tech. So I don't want to say South Carolina's out of the woods yet. Um, Seven days, actually a week from now, Keelan Adams planning a decision you, you, We have heard some conflicting things, but it looks like, as of right now, I think South Carolina is going to be able to hold on here. We'll see. We'll be tracking it closely over the next few days. Um, right. When you go through the other ones, Jonathan Paylor, 91% to South Carolina. Uh, three different predictions on all three for Paylor to South Carolina. West was first way back in March. I followed in June. And then Ethan McDowell. Notably, covers NC State at the Wolfpacker for all in 3 He also predicts South Carolina for paler. NC State's probably been the main competition there. And then Daniel Hill, a close RPM battle, 57% just under, in favor of South Carolina. Um, Wes and I both have predictions in there for the Gamecocks. Sam Spiegelman, national recruiting analyst, have the Gamecocks picked. But a couple others around the network had picked Alabama back in March, and Alabama is the main program to watch there. So, some tight recruiting battles. Adams, um, Paler, I think you feel better about those two. Sure. Then you look at Stewart. You look at Hill. Those are more tightly contested. But but South Carolina actually has a chance, Tyler, to pull all those guys if they. It may be some. Percentage of that, we'll see, but that would be a massive haul if they could.
2: Can you think of a situation, and again, a lot of things factor into this algorithm for the RPM, where it was leaning pretty heavily to a team and the commit just went in a completely different direction?
1: (laughs) It actually happens a good bit. There there were some, and I couldn't even give you off the top of my head the prospect's name, but even over the past couple days, just from a national standpoint, there's been some guys that just boom, they just committed to another school. Nebraska got one recently. Um, that had, I mean, he was he's from Miami. Yeah, he had predictions for Miami. Everybody, pretty much everybody, whether it was around Miami, Miami's program or not, thought he was going to go there, and he ends up going to Nebraska. Um, it was actually yeah, Jacory Barney from Miami Palmetto High School. The funny thing is, he committed on July first. The RPM still reads seventy nine point eight percent. Miami. Wow. So because <laughs> there's predictions still there. I mean, there are mm-hmm. uh, looks like there's four different, three different predictions for Miami leading uh-huh. up to that, including Chad Simmons, who does a great job for on three nationally, and Sean Callahan who covers Nebraska for Husker Online, had also predicted Miami. So it kind of came it, out of nowhere. You
2: know, you can't pass up an opportunity to be teammates with the coldest to ever do it, Crawford. So This is true. I can understand. Yes, uh, apparently something happened there.
1: But yeah, it, it, it happens sometimes. I'm trying to think of any Gamecock. you know, there, there have been commitments that have come out of nowhere for South Carolina, both ways, both good and bad. I don't know if there's any recently where the... The RPM was leaning super heavily towards one prospect um, or towards one school. Nicholas Harbour would be one
2: probably. I was going to say, what was Harbor's uh, the morning of Let's that see. commitment? Let's go back and look at that. Because, I mean, it was, I think everybody was pretty convinced Oregon was happening and then puts on the South Carolina hat to the pleasant surprise of pretty much everyone here, it seemed like. Okay, This yeah, this one was wild. Here
1: we go. So South Carolina overtook Michigan because they were a big factor. Yep, They overtook Michigan in January. Remember, okay. Harbor's recruitment went all the way to February. He didn't yep. center. At 11 a.m. on February 1st, Oregon overtook South Carolina. Um, and then that lead grew a little bit throughout the day. Um, so Today's it was
2: like, uh, what, two in the afternoon? Yeah, it
1: was at about two. So at 11.34, Oregon's got a 66% lead. At 1.05 p.m., it shifts towards South Carolina. And then a couple people got in late predictions for the Gamecocks, too. And so it ended up flipping back. By the time he announced, it was 76% to South Carolina. But gotcha. it, fl- it fluctuated throughout the day. And you remember, Tyler, when the, <clears throat> when the word came down on Harbor that it, there was some buzz the night before that it was looking like Oregon had made a huge run. Right. But we kind of were in scramble mode. Like, we didn't know... And um, I got a text at like seven or eight on signing day morning saying, "Hey, it doesn't look good," you know. And and that information was from like three or four o'clock in the morning. So yeah, that that was probably the best notable recent example. But again, it it flipped by the time he committed. um, But that one was kind of back and forth, up and down.
2: Right. Uh, It's always wild keeping up with these things. It is. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Um, Somebody was asking me yesterday
1: if I enjoyed you know, football recruiting system versus baseball and basketball because they're all so different. Sure. Like, baseball kids are committing so early. Basketball is kind of, it's way different. Um, I do mostly football recruiting, so that's my frame of reference, but I enjoy
2: the wildness. It's, it's completely Keeps your toes. sometimes. It does, it does. <laughs> all right, uh, Up coming up next, uh, Mack Brown spoke to the media the other day ahead of of the 2023 season where they will start off with South Carolina. Gave a little bit of his thoughts What he thinks of the Gamecocks and what he thinks other people think of the Gamecocks. We'll hear from him next. You're listening to the Gamecocks Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecocks Central Takeover Hour.
0: 107.5 The Game.
1: Hey, if you're a parent, if you have a family, you know that you would do absolutely anything for your kids and for your family members. And that's why it's so important to protect them with name brand life insurance from State Farm. State Farm agent Amy Mason Cup can help make it easy and affordable to protect your family no matter what the future holds. Because for the people you do anything for, life insurance can mean absolutely everything. Amy Mason Cup is a South Carolina native and a local agent. She and her team can give you a personalized quote to meet your needs and help you save. Now, if you're not interested in life insurance, if you have questions about other insurance products, home, auto, business, boat, renters, whatever it may be, any insurance needs, give Amy a call, 803-772-5554. Let her team help your family just like her team helped mine. Again, she can give you a personalized quote. If you want more information about Amy Mason Cup State Farm, their products, their services, visit amymasoncup.com. That's Amy, M-A-S-I-N-C-U-P-P.com. If you want to pay her a visit, her office is right off I-26 exit, 612 St. Andrews Road, Suite 4 in Columbia. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
2: We'll hear from Mac Brown next. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs on 107 by the game. It's
0: the Gamecock Central Takeover hour.
2: Presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by
0: firemen, with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecock, 1075 the game.
1: credit to South Carolina. 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 Credit
2: to South Carolina. I promise that was not Mac Brown time to rapper remix. That was. Our sound machine. uh, That was outstanding. That did actually sound pretty good.
1: I I, I was sitting here laughing, and I was like, that was pretty creative.
2: That was not on purpose, I promise you. It should have been. That was the thing that I play the sound of, malfunctioning as it does from time to time. So I'll have to reset it. What I was going to play for you, though, was a clip of Mac Brown last week talking to the media, or two weeks ago talking to the media, Um, and he was asked about South Carolina, that being the opening game of the season, went on to basically say that In his mind, everybody is favoring South Carolina going into this matchup. And he talked about how South Carolina ended the season, how North Carolina ended their season. When you look at the odds on pretty much all um, uh, places in Vegas, they still have North Carolina now at a a one-and-a-half point favorite. And it seems like everybody's talking about Drake May more than they are Spencer Rattler. So I think this is a classic case of Bulletin board material. Everybody's <laughs> counting us out, type thing. because yep. certainly there are people that think South Carolina has a good chance in this game. We certainly do, but I, I don't think it's as heavy as Mac Brown is putting it out there as. Yeah,
1: Mac Brown has gone to an apparently an off season symposium with uh, Kirby Smart and Dabo Swinney, who are. I think the kings of nobody believes in us when actually probably everybody picked you. So type of thing.
2: little old North Carolina <laughs> is projected to go six and six is what, is what you're telling me. Yeah, that's right.
1: One time a reporter asked that, da- like Dabo said, like that they had won a-, they won a game. I don't remember against who. And a reporter, you know, asked him a question, said, well, well nobody picked us. And he said, do-, do you know, can you say who didn't pick you? He's like, ah, I don't know. They, they <laughs> didn't they, pick us. somebody. And North Carolina according to the ESPN FBI, which is, is not a you know it's not a human sitting back there predicting it, it's a computer. It has North Carolina sixty four percent chance of winning. Okay. So more than a toss up for sure. Vegas still has, has big, now I, I have not gone through, I'll admit, let let's be fair to Mac Brown. I've not gone through and combed through any early predictions that are out there. Sure. My guess is that they're probably going to kind of be skewed along party lines, so to speak. Probably. So, like, people that are in Columbia around the program probably feel like they maybe should be favored slightly. North Carolina people probably think they should be favored. I don't know if we have a good enough sense of what they (laughs) They. out there really really think. Um, But we do know that North Carolina... Is not this is not a game where nobody believes in north carolina um mac brown also tyler he's really doubling down on this this locker room stuff yes said that their first four games is probably the toughest opening four games that he's ever been involved with ever been involved ever. with and this is a guy who's been at north carolina before He's coached at the University of Texas, which is, I'm sure played some difficult schedules yes, South Carolina and Charlotte, App State in Chapel Hill, Minnesota in Chapel Hill and at Pittsburgh. Not an easy
2: slate no that Minnesota matchup is really interesting
1: there's in I, week three yes, yes all of those are very intriguing matchups yes I think and I think I, I will agree with him that that's. Kind of a difficult schedule and, and probably a more of the sneaky, difficult type of schedule. Sure. Where if you don't play well, you could take several losses right to open your season. I don't know about toughest that I've ever been involved with. Now, he he said it. He's the one that's lived his experience. But I, I think when you combine that with the nobody's picking us, most everybody's going to be picking South Carolina. I think he's hey,
2: one down on this. I, I found my backup. I always have a backup. Okay. And I can actually play the quote now from Mac Brown. Let's do it. And he's not rapping, I promise.
1: We give credit to South Carolina because of the way they finished. And we talk about the things we did well. We were good. Uh, but nobody in our room is happy. Uh, South Carolina feels good about themselves. They Everybody bragging on them. Nobody bragging on us. And, and we did pretty good. So... Uh, the thing we will do is, is uh, give Coach Beamer and South Carolina all the credit in the world. Uh, everybody's going to feel like they're going to win the game, and we got that. They deserve that, and, and uh, I'm happy for him. But they finished, and I wish we had finished that way, and we didn't. So, uh, but it's fun for us because this program now is in the middle. It's in the mix of being really good
2: nationally, and what we've got to do is, is take the next step. I don't know if everybody is picking South Carolina, <laughs> but whatever you need to tell your team coach that makes you feel better. Hey, but what the point he brings up there about how the team is finished, and obviously we're well-versed in South Carolina's end of the season against Tennessee and, and Clemson in a well-fought game against Notre Dame in the bowl game. But North Carolina was on the cusp of maybe making the college football playoff in early November, sitting at 9-1 and on the yeah. season. They then go and lose to a bad Georgia Tech team lose to in-state rival NC State, lose to Clemson in the SC championship game, and then lose a very fun holiday bowl against Oregon. But they ended the season on an 0-4 streak. Mm-hmm. And again, a far cry from where they were sitting at 9-1 and just a few weeks before.
1: Yeah, and so Matt Brown's playing to that. Hey, South Carolina finished hot despite the Gator Bowl loss. They knocked off Tennessee. They knocked off Clemson. We, we being Matt Brown in North Carolina, did not finish well. And, hey, look at what happened the year before. South yep. Carolina in Charlotte last time we were here beat us. Hey, by the way. So I, I can see why he's doing it. It's, it's going to be fascinating. I can't wait until Shane Beamer's next media availability because he'll probably be asked about this. And now it's going to be a duel of the words back and forth with both teams. trying. To, yeah, we don't believe in ourselves because, I mean, seriously, with Matt Brown saying South Carolina feels good about themselves, maybe some people do. I can guarantee you Shane Beamer is not taking that attitude. He constantly is saying we haven't arrived. We're not satisfied. I've challenged the building to get better, our coaches to get better. How are we recruiting, challenging it to be better? So he's definitely not. Shane Beamer is definitely not sitting in a press conference saying we feel great about ourselves.
2: I imagine Mac Brown probably just shows the loop of him getting the mayo dumped on his head. Like, remember what happened last time, guys? You want this again? No, I want that to be me. I remember that Mac
1: Brown said, they were asking, like, before that game, they asked both coaches what they thought about being dumped with the mayo, and he said, like, you can hit me in the head with a frying pan if you want, if we win the game. It's pretty fun. He's
2: got some good lines. Mac Brown is very underrated when it comes to the quotes. Um, I think it's cool that he's still at North Carolina. When when they brought him in a couple years ago, I thought it was going to be a short, quick experiment just to kind of get things back on track, because, you know, Larry Fedora had kind of derailed them quite a bit and then you know you bring in whatever hot shot offensive coordinator or new hire to take them you know into the next 10 to 15 years or whatever but he's hanging around has the contract through early 2028 and uh has done a pretty good job of getting that program stable again
1: yeah and sometimes i think we in the in the media the college football media like to think we know everything and exactly how it's going to go you know there have been some hires that have been a little unconventional that have worked out tremendously. Sure. Um, I mean, Dabo Swinney at Clemson one of them. Matt Brown bringing him back. There were a lot of people I I kind of wondered about it too. Uh, but it's worked out great because what what you did figure he would do is really hit the recruiting angle hard, and that's what North Carolina's done. They've done a great job in the state, getting back in the state of North Carolina. Um, they had an exciting offensive system. They've done well at the quarterback position. So. Uh, they, they've they done well there, didn't finish well last season, so I'm really interested to see how they rebound this year, and,
2: and that'll start, obviously, in Week 1. Yeah, I'm just 58 days away from that game kicking off. Uh, coming up next, we'll wrap up today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game.
0: It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5
1: The Game. If you need to level up what you have going on inside your house or even outside your home from an audiovisual standpoint, Go check out our friends Michael and Nathan at Integrated Media. Whether you need something as simple as installing a television, if you need some more information on what type of home security system you may need, where can I place my cameras, what type of security system do I need, they can help you with things like that, but they can also put in an entire smart home system for you. What is a smart home? Well, it's utilizing your smartphone, being able to control everything from your lighting, thermostat, sound systems, TVs, security cameras, and alarm systems from the touch of a button on your phone, whether you're at home or not. And if you want to check out some really, really cool things that Michael and Nathan and Integrated Media have done in outdoor spaces, in man caves, go check out their Facebook page and their Instagram page, Integrated Media Columbia. Plenty of really, really cool inspiration photos that you can check out there. You can see some things that they've actually done for clients in the past, and I am actually a client of Integrated Media. They've been out to my home and done some really cool things in the past, too. Go check them out again. Instagram, Facebook, Integrated Media Columbia. You can visit their website, integratedmediainc.com, or give them a call, 803 948 That's complete smart home solutions with our friends at Integrated Media.
2: We'll wrap up the show next. What games would Chris Clark rewind prior the 2023 season. I'll ask him next. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. 107.5 The Game. It's the
0: Gamecock Central Takeover
2: Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by
0: Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the GameCock 107.5 The Game.
2: Welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler and Chris along with you. For a few more minutes, we're handing things over to the Halftime Show with Jay and Terry. I've been asking this question all morning long, asked it to Preston, asked it to Colin, asked it to our listeners as well. As we we'll get closer and closer to the football season starting, I like going back and finding like games on YouTube and maybe not watching the entire thing, maybe watching a half, a quarter, or whatever it may be. And we've gotten some great responses today on South Carolina games that people would take the time to go back and watch. What are some of the ones that top your list? I think you can don't have to go back very far. I mean, I,
1: I know a lot of people who have checked out on multiple occasions the Tennessee game, the Clemson game. I, I've heard from, yeah, I just put on the game the other day. Those are those. The good really thing,
2: stand out. The good thing about those, like the SEC Network will replay yes. those games like randomly throughout the summer basically just to fill time. So, yeah, yeah you can be flipping channels like, oh, the Clemson game's halfway over. Let me watch the rest of that or something like that.
1: Yeah. I and I honestly think even if um even taking out the recency bias, if you're putting together a top ten, you know, most rewatchable from kind of the modern era, mm-hmm. those might make the list, you know, of Definitely of of like a top ten, maybe even a top like the Tennessee the Clemson game is almost undervalued, right? Because it came after another big win, but like that was a massive win. I mean you sure. break a you break a very painful streak. You do it on the road. You come from behind. There's so many reasons for it. Um, I feel like the Tennessee game for some people has been even more rewatchable just because it was so incredible, so unexpected. Right. There's 63 points in the game. It's a home game, um, so a, a lot more people even were there to actually experience it than the road game against Clemson but th- those would make not just a recent poll but i feel like that would you know if you went back even further i'll tell you one that i even go back and watch plays from over 10 years later um and this is on a rewatch list for other people i know the 2012 georgia game yep that's a that's a big one because it was just insane
2: that was I mean, that was an impressive
1: performance the a sanders punt return one of the more iconic plays Maybe one of the best individual plays that that I can remember. I actually just opened up a poll on Gamecock Central. I need to do it here, Tyler. Maybe tomorrow we'll open that up. Um, most amazing individual plays in Gamecock sports history. Oh, that's a good one. And uh, that Ace Sanders punt return is is up there. I feel like another. <laughs> there's been so many wild Georgia <laughs> games. The uh, the Georgia game from. Um, what would that have been? The Melvin Ingram fake punt game. 2011. 2011. Yep. So the year before.
2: Let some people weigh in with that one too. Back and forth. Back and forth. What other ones have you heard? Oh, gosh. We had uh, the Quincy Carter game, another Georgia, yeah. day, Georgia right. game coincidentally. Yep. Yep. Uh, the 05 Florida game, winning yep. with the long field goal. Um, not the, the Florida game, the Tennessee game. Florida game yep. and the Tennessee game. The long field goal was Tennessee game, beating them up there in Nayland. Um, uh, several Clemson games from over the years. Oh, yeah. 2012 Clemson game, and person referenced the D.J. Swearinger hit and flex. Yes. Um, I brought up the Outback Bowl against Michigan. We all know it for the mm-hmm. hit, obviously, but that was also a pretty fun game. Incredible game. Yeah, very
1: rewatchable game. I like this. I think we need to power. We keep coming up with things that we need to power rank, and we don't get around
2: to it. We yeah. need to come up yeah. with actual rankings. You know what? Friday is the perfect day to do yes. that. We yes. will We will dive into some of that and power rank a few things on tomorrow's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. Halftime show with Jay and Terry coming up next here on 107.5 The Game.
1: Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere